There's absolutely no way in a million years I would be on telly if I hadn't have done that apprenticeship at Black & Decker. No way. When I first started and I told a lot of my friends that I'm going to do a plumbing apprenticeship, it was sort of the case of why would you want to do that? You're just going to be unblocking toilets and that kind of thing. I think the, the idea of it is wrong. I think people don't actually know what it is. What I can, I think, say safely for someone who's done an apprenticeship in the British Army is that they also get those life skills. We need skills and learning for everybody. And if you just look at those school leavers and say not everybody wants to go to university, uh, so we should have more apprenticeships. Actually, at school, engineering was just as much for girls as it was for boys. I think I learned so much more at work than I do at university. Um, so I'm in my third year of my degree and I can honestly say that you will never match the kind of learning on the job aspect. Hi, I'm Georgie Frost and welcome to All About Apprenticeships, brought to you by the HomeServe Foundation. Now, coming up, we're talking about the role of training providers. What are they and how can we ensure that the training they provide is actually up to scratch? Anna Morrison from Amazing Apprenticeships is back with us and we'll also be joined by Sam Garnham from St John's Ambulance. As well as offering their own apprenticeship schemes, they've also become a training provider. But what does that mean? We'll ask Sam and hear from some of their apprentices. So let's get into this. Welcome back first, Anna. Now, Anna, we've spoken before about training providers. It would be uh, hard not to, rather remiss on a podcast about apprenticeships. And in fact, this podcast is supported by one, the HomeServe Foundation. They provide training for businesses in the trade sector. But let's delve into this in more detail, if we could. What exactly is the role of a training provider? Yeah, there's um, there's often a bit of confusion about the the term training provider and exactly what we mean by that in when we're talking about apprenticeships. So first of all, training providers uh, now come in many different shapes and sizes. So traditionally, we've always had colleges and independent training providers offering apprenticeships. We now have universities offering apprenticeships and we also have employer providers offering apprenticeships. And this is where the employer themselves can apply to become an approved training provider to be able to deliver apprenticeship training for their own organisation, but also for other employers and their employees, their apprentices. So the process of becoming an apprenticeship training provider is actually quite rigorous. Uh, You can't just say, right, that's it, we're going to start delivering apprenticeships. You must apply to be part of the register of apprenticeship training providers. And this this has been a big part of the quality drive that the government have been pushing over the past few years really trying to make sure that those providers who are offering apprenticeships are on that approved register and have gone through the requirements and the criteria to evidence that they are going to be able to offer a really high quality programme. It doesn't stop there though, it's not just about joining the register. Um, There is ongoing kind of quality audits and quality checks and controls that will be carried out by different organisations actually. So Ofsted, really well heard of, and obviously people know of Ofsted's role when it comes to schools, colleges and early year settings. And people may not realise that Ofsted also have a role in overseeing the quality assurance of apprenticeship provision as well. So that includes employer providers, all colleges, independent training providers and universities. Ofsted will keep an eye on the quality of their provision and will come in and run Ofsted inspections as you would see in schools. 
Alongside this, we also have the Department for Education who will carry out kind of financial audits working with training providers. And there are a huge set of kind of quality criteria that the Department for Education and the Education Skills Funding Agency have put in place and providers must demonstrate that they are meeting those quality requirements. So there is a lot of rigour and kind of robust checks that go on behind the scenes of apprenticeships to try to ensure that both the employer and the apprentice themselves receive a really good quality experience on their apprenticeship programme. It does sound, as you say, I mean, fairly rigorous. It, it makes one think why as a business um, you would want to do that. But also with a lot of different organisations and regulators taking a look, is there sort of one uniform gold standard approach? There's a gold standard in terms of the experience of the apprentice. And of course, there are success measures as well that are put in place. And we want as many apprentices as possible to successfully go through that endpoint assessment and achieve their full apprenticeship. But actually, one of the good things about apprenticeships is the flexibility of the different models and programmes. And I think it's really important that employers are able to work with training providers to really develop the programmes and the models that are going to work best for the business and for the apprentices. So what's good is it's not one strict model, but what that does mean is that there has to be a lot of checks and balances in the system to make sure that it is working properly. All right, Anna. Well, St John's Ambulance is an approved training provider. They offer apprenticeships for business, the public sector and the charity sector. And Sam Garnham is the external qualifications manager. So I guess, Sam, uh, you can answer some of those questions that have just been raised there. But firstly, why did St John's Ambulance become an apprenticeship training provider? Hi, Georgie. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, so um, a lot of what Anna was saying there kind of really resonates with the journey that we went on in becoming uh, a training provider. Um, and becoming registered on the on the register of apprenticeship training providers. We have a bit of a history of employing apprentices, and we've found in some cases that there's not necessarily been apprenticeship standards out there that fit the work we do, particularly fit the work of the third sector, of charities. Uh, and we kind of thought as a reputable training provider for our first aid, our mental health first aid, etc., that actually it'd be a logical step to um, to consider starting to deliver apprenticeships. Um, and so we commissioned some research actually into the third sector, um, looking at what the general feeling was around apprenticeships, uh, because naturally we thought if we're going to enter this market, we need to have, um, we need to be able to explain why and what we can bring that's, that's new. And we actually found that there, there was a need within the third sector and also the care sector um, who were who kind of looking for a fellow charity almost as a, as a kindred spirit to, um, to enter the apprenticeships market really and, and, and start delivering as kind of a, a trusted provider. So that's where um, our journey began. Um, we initially started uh, the application process uh, before the pandemic hit, which uh, obviously kind of slowed that down. But we were um, eventually onboarded onto the register of apprenticeship trained providers um, in around September time, officially, um, and and from there we've kind of built up our offer. We've did it, we, we've nailed down what our curriculum is and what we think, like I say, that we can bring um, to the um, uh, to the sector that's not already there. Um, so in terms of then where we've built that, we feel we can add value to uh, the care sector, to the third sector in terms of leadership and management. Um, Sam, what do you make of 
what Anna was talking about in terms of regulation? I think for me, it's um, it's there to ensure that almost kind of what Anna said that you can't just kind of decide you're going to then start delivering apprenticeships because there needs to be um, there needs to be these processes. Um, the, these regulatory bodies in place to ensure that actually we are adding value to the sector um, because otherwise I think there is a danger that people could enter it um, blind uh, and could be drawing down government funding that is not being well spent. So, yeah, so for me it's really important and it kind of uh, it ensures that we're held to account and, um, like I say, we have our heart values at St John Ambulance and accountability is one of them. So we kind of welcome that regulation to ensure that we're being we're being fair in what we're doing and we're offering something of good value um, to the nation in our case. Well, absolutely. And incredibly important too, given the sector you're working in. Just tell us firstly, the, the learner experience. What do you offer in terms of support for apprentices? Okay, so what we are trying to uh, put in place to help us stand aside, um, not necessarily from other providers, but to to really make us attractive to employers who are looking at sending their employees uh, on, on a apprenticeship program with us. Um, so we've tried to think for ourselves. Well, what does it mean to be an apprentice? And in our minds, it's very much. It could be quite a. It's a big challenge. Um, they're, they're not only now just being employed and doing their day job; they're being expected to upskill and train and learn at the same time. So we've put in place measures, uh, measures such as uh, well-being and resilience training right at the beginning of their program during their induction, so that they feel um, that they're well equipped. They've got toolkits that they can um, refer to in the event that they need a little bit of support around well-being. Naturally, they all have um, one-to-one uh, skills coaches who they work with and can um, share those experiences with and talk to on a regular basis to ensure that they're making good progress. Um, something else we've done in terms of learner support, and I know you've um, spoken uh, on, on a previous episode to um, to Cognisist. So we've partnered with Cognisist to ensure that um, all learners on an apprenticeship with St John Ambulance uh, will benefit from um, a cognitive assessment when they start their apprenticeship. So that, it, and it's, we're seeing the benefits of that already. We've got people who have been all through um, school, college, in some cases university. Um, they're now beginning an apprenticeship. We're doing a cognitive assessment with them. And we're identifying that they've got a hidden learning need. And in some cases, more than one hidden learning need. Um, and we're able to explore that with them. We're able to put support in place for them. Um, and we think those things are all really important because I think sometimes it can be too easy to think, okay, it's just doing an apprenticeship. It's just like being employed. Because everybody is an employee, I think it's kind of... Um, carry on as you were whereas we think it's really important that we have all of this support around the apprentice to ensure that they can achieve because like I say it really is a balancing act for them to combine their off-the-job training with their with their on-the-job work um, something else as well we're really keen to um, build into our training um, and this is where we're working quite closely with other uh, organizations within the third sector it is to make opportunities to um, to collaborate uh, on their learning so um, we, we have a program starting in September which is going to be for team leaders purely within the third sector and what we hope that that will uh, build is kind of like I say a collaborative approach to that and there will be a group mentality of learning and opportunity to share ideas and share best practice across the third sector 
um, amongst leaders because some of those conversations will be um, probably even more important for their learning than the training that we provide. Um, so, yeah, we've really tried to think outside of the box in terms of what's really going to benefit an apprentice in terms of offering them a great experience and the right support to allow them to achieve. I just want to ask, uh, you're training obviously people to work in the care sector and we've seen a huge strain, fantastic work um, by and on care key workers during the pandemic. Has it been tough to recruit apprentices? I mean, with a high turnover of staff perhaps? In terms of what we found, uh, we recruited a cohort of um, apprentices back in the spring um, and they're, they're currently trained to be first aid trainers uh, for St John Ambulance. Um, what we actually found, we were overwhelmed with the number of applications we actually got from people who were who perhaps been made redundant um, or were just considering because of perhaps the, the, the turbulent times that we were certainly um, still facing at that time, were considering a career change. And it was really nice actually to think that people were not put off by the stigma of potentially apprentices being uh, young people coming out of school or colleges. We, we had uh, over 200 applications to become first aid trainers. And what we found actually that, um, for example, there was a huge number of applications from um, people leaving the airline industry, so cabin crew. And it, it, it really kind of took me aback actually, because it's not necessarily something that you would see as a... Um, a direct change from uh, working on an aeroplane to being in a classroom teaching first aid. But actually, it, it's quite obvious you've got people up there on an aeroplane who need to be uh, well well trained in the case of an emergency on board. So they had good knowledge of first aid already. And they were, they were confident people who were happy to, uh, they were customer facing, able to stand up in front of large audiences of people. Um, and that's transferred really well. So we've actually got... Um, um, like I say, quite a number of apprentices now who have come from that background, amongst others. Um, but I think what's um, really hits home from that is that actually an apprenticeship is a really good vehicle for changing career. Um, so for those people who are considering it, um, there's definitely a lot to be said for using an apprenticeship to move from one career to another. Well, you have your own apprentices at St John's Ambulance. Uh, we asked some of them to tell us about their training and this is what they had to say. Hi, my name is Amelia. I would say since starting my apprenticeship at St John's Ambulance, I've never felt so supported before. Since day one, I've always known that there's somebody on the other end of an email or if I need to make a phone call to somebody, that they'll always be there to help me. All the staff are so helpful and understanding. I did have a moment where I was worried that I was falling behind and I had a good long chat with one of the mentors. We sat down and you know what? Turns out I was absolutely fine. I was on track and where I should be and I should stop worrying. But the mentor made me feel so much more positive about the outlook that I was having at that point in time. And I actually came away from that conversation being so much more motivated and ready to carry on learning as it's been a quite a while since I've done this amount of learning in one hit. But I've also made some great friends as well with the other apprentices and it's great to see a friendly face every Monday morning with the other apprentices on our sealed workshop days. So really since I joined in March I have not looked back and I have found a passion for teaching first aid thanks to the apprenticeship programme that St John's have provided me and the team that have supported me through it. My name is Izzy Savin and I am an apprentice first aid trainer for St John Ambulance, my main venue being Southport, Merseyside in the Northwest. 
I feel so lucky to have got a job with such a brilliant organisation, especially during a pandemic. I've always wanted a job where I could use the skills that I have learned throughout my time as cabin crew, which will benefit and help other people. I have absolutely loved every day since I started in March. It has gone so fast and everyone is so friendly. I do struggle academically, which I was always a little bit nervous starting an apprenticeship, just in case I couldn't keep up with my assignments. But with the help of my external qualifications manager, I've been able to progress at a similar speed to the other apprentices. So that has made me less nervous. I can't wait to carry on with my apprenticeship and become a qualified first aid trainer. Hi, my name is Katie Mayo and my apprenticeship is for a first aid trainer. I've been working for St John Ambulance now for just over four months and I can honestly say I couldn't be happier with this role and I couldn't be happier with the team that I've been given either. It's one of the things that I do love about the role is how closely and how genuine the, or the whole of the team is and they work so well together and it generally is like a family. When I first joined back in March I was so worried about joining the team and they all welcomed me with open arms and had such nice things to say and they will generally go off the face of the earth to help me out and help all the other trainers out as well. Obviously as well as the trainers being amazing and the management being amazing, um, the uh, learners as well are also amazing and they come to these, to come to the courses with some amazing stories um, to tell which are so interesting to hear and it also gives the other learners that are, that are there and listening first hand experience which makes the environment even better. Um, the thing I do love most about the job though as a, as a first day trainer is the sense of achievement that I get to see when my learners are engaging and having pride in the work when I'm getting to do some board work or even just any activity. Um, it also gives me a sense of achievement that I'm helping as many people as I can in providing the best course and the best way to represent St John Ambulance as well. So Sam, what is it about apprentices then that just makes them so well suited to working in the care sector? Yeah, so what we've been doing... Um, we, we've found, like I say, through the early market research that we commissioned, that um, there, there is a big appetite for the care sector for apprenticeships and that they're particularly keen in working with ourselves, which is nice. But from a lot of those employees that I've spoken to, they've talked about this um, huge problem of staff turnover and how problematic that is for the care sector. Um, so the conversations we've had, we've been um, perhaps opening their eyes a little bit in terms of uh, how they can use apprenticeships as an avenue to um, train or retrain or upskill their existing staff and potentially um, essentially creating a pathway. So you could get somebody who's just coming into the care sector on perhaps a lower level, say a level two um, care apprenticeship. But then there is a natural ladder through a level three lead care, adult care worker apprenticeship and possibly even a level five leader in adult care, which would allow for somebody that pathway could potentially allow for somebody to come in as somebody with no experience in the sector. But they're offered a pathway that could potentially lead to them leading their own care home in the future. Uh, and that's what we're trying to model our apprenticeship offer on to the care sector. So, yes, you can take on people um, at, a, at a real entry level uh, to the sector, uh, but use the apprenticeship training as a as an incentive for them to stay in the sector and progress, and they can hopefully then see their career progression um, to becoming um, a leader within that sector. Um, so I think that's um, a, a real good opportunity for the care sector to to try and nail that problem they've got with staff turnover and um, 
hopefully as well um, the, the recognition that the care sector um, deserves off the back of the pandemic again will 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 we'll help perhaps young or, or even career changing people see the care sector as attractive because it is um, it, it's so important. Uh, and that there will also be uh, something that can match their ambitions of progressing. And I want to bring you back in here and just ask you what you've been making of what Sam's been talking about, particularly in terms of you know, retraining perhaps after losing jobs. Is, is this real opportunity now for people working in the apprenticeship sector as well? You know, chance to prove the value of apprenticeships, but to, to all sorts of different people. Absolutely. Do you know, I'm not sure I can put it any better than Sam has already put it. I think he's explained it brilliantly. Um, Perhaps if I just add about the levels of apprenticeships and when we're talking about um, retraining or upskilling, you know, to just remind ourselves that apprenticeships are available at levels two through to level seven, which is the equivalent of a master's degree. So really for Uh, individuals perhaps leaving school or without um, kind of qualifications in English and maths, there's that opportunity to get onto the apprenticeship pathway or the ladder um, right from level two through to those existing adults who could be really, you know, very experienced in management and looking to upskill through uh, the chartered manager degree apprenticeship or to go on to the leadership um, apprenticeships as well. So I think that's a really exciting thing about apprenticeships. And we have kind of before the pandemic and also during the pandemic seen employers using and utilising apprenticeships as a way to um, move or help staff to change career direction, move into areas of the business that perhaps are emerging. Um, I did it myself in my own organisation and uh, one of our apprentices ended up training up in HR and that was brilliant for us because that wasn't her original job role but it meant that we were able to bring that skill set into the team as well. So um, so I absolutely advocate that you know both for existing staff and new recruits of all ages coming in, apprenticeships can really provide that opportunity for those individuals but also for the employers to get the skills that they need as well. Mm. And we've spoken about how training providers are assessed and I think broadly you both agree that you, you welcome the I guess diversity but the, the rigorous assessment that training providers have to go through and yet and yet and I hate to be sort of a bit gloomy about it but we do read some stories where perhaps there aren't there are some that aren't doing as well as they could. What what else could be done? to make sure that we do have, whether it's one gold standard or many, but just the highest, highest quality training providers we can for this. Sure. And um, I think this is an area I'm so passionate about because I have for years worked with many training providers and staff within those organisations who do a really brilliant job. And unfortunately, every now and again, like you say, Georgie, we get a bad story and it will be, as a result of that bad story that the reputation of the sector and the reputation of apprenticeships can be damaged. And it's really not fair to the thousands of people who are doing a really fantastic job. So there's a few other things that we can look at. So obviously we've got endpoint assessment now, which is carried out by an independent organization. So it means that the training providers delivering the training will get the apprentices up to the point of endpoint assessment, and then they will be assessed for their competence and the skills that they've gained. 
um, by an independent organization. Now that has brought a kind of an additional level of rigor. Um, it is uh, controversial, I guess, in the sector, because there are some who will remember the old days of apprenticeships where apprentices were assessed on the, on the go, uh, kind of building up a portfolio. We've now got a very different assessment model in place. There's also a strengthening of the governance of apprenticeships, and this applies to all training providers. So whether it's employer training providers, um, independent training providers, colleges, universities, the role of governance, that kind of independent scrutiny that the organisation will put in place to test themselves regularly without it needing to be an external body coming in and scoring them on what they do, but actually bringing in people who are connected to the apprenticeship programme, whether that's individuals from the local community, it could be employers, it could be apprentices on the board themselves, you know, really to be testing and challenging, but also supporting those training providers of all different provider types to do better and to make those improvements and get that immediate feedback on what it is that they're offering. Um, and on immediate feedback, I think this is probably the biggest test, you know, as an employer of apprentices myself um, and the apprentices that we've got in our organisation, we know when we're getting a good service from our training provider or not. And um, you kind of vote with your feet, you know, if you're happy with what your training provider is doing, then you're able to work with them and build that relationship. And that's brilliant. And you stick with the training providers that are delivering that really good service for you. And it's always really valuable to speak to other employers and understand what their experience has been of working with particular training providers. Um, and really important that you take the time to, to shop around, to speak to different training provider types, to do your research and find a training provider who is gonna really be able to work with you as the employer and deliver you the programme that you need for the needs of your business. And finally, Anna, how important is it to see big, high profile, skilled organisations like St John's Ambulance offer their experience to help other businesses and charities train staff? Oh, it's hugely important. You know, the value of seeing well-known household names uh, like St John's Ambulance offering apprenticeship opportunities is fantastic for the credibility and the kudos of the apprenticeship program, you know, and and kind of unexpected, you know, people may not think that they could be an apprentice um, in an organisation like that. So that is really brilliant. It inspires other businesses to get on board as well and to consider the art of the possible, you know, and look at an organisation like St John's Ambulance and think, well, if they can do it, I wonder what we would be able to do in our own organisation. So really important that we see big businesses sharing their stories, but also that we see smaller businesses sharing their stories as well. Thank you so much to Sam, to Anna and to the St John's Ambulance Apprentices. And thank you for listening to this episode of All About Apprenticeships. If you want to get in touch to have your say on anything we've been talking about today, you can find the HomeServe Foundation on Twitter at HSV underscore foundation. Just use the hashtag All About Apprenticeships. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please do leave a rating and hit subscribe. It helps other people find us. 